0: Welcome back, everyone, to Figuring Out the Formula. I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm here with Pat and Chandler, as always. Last episode, we told some stories from Austin in the U.S. Grand Prix last year. Well, this episode, we're getting back to the basics. Um, This weekend was the Mexico Grand Prix. Before we get into the race weekend, let's raise one up for our Mexican hero, Checo Perez. Olay cheers so we're just going to go ahead and skip the practice session here not a whole lot went on not a whole lot of drama there was like mentioned that Max Verstappen had to have bodyguards from Red Bull like because the Mexican fans were just hating on him right because Checo is basically suffering Max is the f1 god right now right yeah
1: it's like he's sorry like Max is going to put anybody in a body bag. It just happens to be he's putting Checo in the body bag right now. I mean, look, that's... Just,
0: technically, Checo's putting Checo in a body bag, but... Look, look Checo, mean,
1: Checo's not persisting at any. He's just saying, okay, go ahead and zip it up. Like, I'm good. Yeah.
0: So now that we've talked about Checo Perez a little bit, it is his home race. Let's move into the qualifying session. Um, in Q1, a Taylor's oldest time, you had Max Verstappen and you had George Russell. The two guys who bitch about people stopping in the pit lane and not going, doing it yet again. So this time
1: together. It was a dual effort this go
0: around. Yeah. I'm the thing is like each one of them like we're bitching in previous races, then they did it. And then the FIA is like, Don't do that again, or I swear I'm gonna get you. And then they did it again, and (laughs) the FIA still didn't get them. So clear, like to say there's a precedence is hundred percent accurate. Now they, this is what the third or fourth time, like each driver has done this and there's been no penalties.
1: Yep. That just, and it's the same old song and dance too, where we hear about, Oh, the FIA said that we were wrong. We should have penalized them. It's going to happen again. And then it didn't happen whenever, because Max did it first and then George did it the second race. And then now it's like, all right, we've got to have something this time, right? Nope. Here we are again. Now it's just the two of them blocking it together. So in an act of cross-team harmony, they were holding everybody else up.
0: So, Pat, I'm going to give you my plan. Like, if I was in Max's position, if I'm in Checo's position, because I'm still fighting for second place, right? Max doesn't give a shit. He could not show up to any of the races. He'd still be the champion. If I'm Checo, what I do is I get out onto the grid first, into the pit lane when the light turns green for qualifying, I sit there until one minute. And then (laughs) I don't let 19 cars cross over the line. Only I get to put in a time. Bada bing, bada boom. You do that for three sessions. You're on pole. I mean, what are they going to do? Do you qualify all over again? They're not going to stop you. There's a precedence. There's There's a precedent. I mean, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They're not going to stop you. Could you imagine that, though? Sometimes you got to (laughs) think outside the box. Seriously, could you imagine? It's simple math, you know. I
2: mean, I, I, I mean, at the rate that they're going, you might as well just go ahead and say "fuck it" and try and do it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, you get, you know, disqualified from qualifying.
0: Who cares? Okay, if we're going crazy things, how about Checo just goes? He does the track in reverse. That way, he loses (laughs) time. You know, because if you go in reverse, then it's fine. Yeah,
2: yeah. Checo, Checo does his lap and stops, and then puts it in reverse.
0: Yeah, he's Just like a tow mater, up, yeah. Backing up. He's the world's up. best backwards driver, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> mater, <All right>. Perez. <laughs> mater Perez. Mater um, Perez. The other thing that happened in Q1, though, Chandler, this guy, he pretty much messed up our team's whole plan. So, me and Chandler Lando fans. Uh, it's Q1. Lando had, not, he, he had a terrible time his first go-around. What happened on the second go-around that Ended up costing Lando in the end.
1: Yeah, so, of course, you know, we talked about it before. Try and get that last lap in. You got the first time on the board, which Lando did not. He botched it. I mean, it was pathetic first go. Come in, change tires if you need to. Get ready, make any any adjustments that you legally can make. Get back on the track with as little amount of time as possible. Run your flying lap. Lando's coming around. Uh in sector three, so the third last sector of the of the track, uh on the tail end of his flying lap would have comfortably got him to Q2. Um, Fernando Alonso in what some might say is a little bit of gamesmanship because you know now that we've passed them, McLaren is going to put the ass in Aston Martin because all the Aston Martin scenes ass and elbows from the papaya is anyhow <clears throat> spins out, yellow flag comes out. As a result, Lando's got to pump the brakes, slow it down, and therefore is unable to put in a hot lap. And as a result was, I think originally he was 20th, but then like Logan Sargent's time got deleted. So he got bumped to 19th. So starting starting off the race in P 19, probably the, the lowest that we've seen a McLaren since
0: the first half of the season. Probably. I was about to say
1: <laughs> since at least Austria or Canada, like before the race, before then, um, you know, just wild. I don't know. We may not have seen a, this might be the first time since then we've seen
0: a McLaren out in Q1. If I, I'm not sure about that. Cause Oscar's had some bad luck here and there. Yeah. But, well. it just, it, it's but it's rare the uh, last little bit actually come to think of it. Oscar got screwed by uh, an Aston Martin. I don't remember if it was Fernando Alonso or Lance Stroll. Um, where was it? They were maybe Qatar where they were coming out of the uh yeah. the last turn spun out crashed and then Oscar was right there and it ruined his That life. was
1: Lance Stroll's big big wreck.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Fernando Alonso has been known to maybe have purposely c- crashed to get an advantage for a teammate before, so when he was he on McLaren he didn't actually hit anything though. He just spun out. So it caused the yellow flag, which you automatically have to slow down in that sector of the track. So it sucks, but it ended up making the Q1 results. Like out in Q1, you had Logan Sargent, like you said, his lap time was deleted. Then you had Norris, Stroll, Magnuson, and Ocon. Amazingly, this race, even though he was out in Q1 again, Lance Stroll did not punch the fuck out of his advisor or fitness guru, whatever the fuck he calls it, I guess he's just accepted his fate or that guy's dead. Lance, Lawrence Stroll killed him. I'm I'm not sure. I haven't seen him since, but all I know is that moving into Q2, Logan Sargent wasn't the only Williams to get his lap time deleted. Um, poor old Alex Albon, Pat. This guy, he he is literally the lipstick on a pig. He is killing it this <laughs> season. And then this was not the case in Q2
2: yeah he um he he had a really like it sounds dumb but Williams had a really good car for this track um because in Mexico City the air is much thinner so your car can go faster you know there's not a bunch of crazy hard turns that you have to do on this track and there's some pretty long straights um and he's basically fighting for his life still um and then just kind of
0: life man yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, he comes into turn two, and as he goes to turn left, he cut, He totally cuts the chicken, um, and just goes right over the chicane. And I mean, it was pretty clear cut. They deleted his lap time,
1: which is wild to me because, and we we skipped over practice, nothing there. But I think it was all three practice sessions. Albon was in the top three for practice times, so something was clicking there in practice. Now, were the stewards just on their you know, just yeah. math time. they didn't math fly time yet. Like, yeah, yeah it was, was he cut corners saying, every time, but
2: like he had but, said all throughout qualifying that like something felt off with his car. Um, I don't know if he talked about it in his post quality interviews or anything. Um, but he was saying like he felt like there was like some kind of damage to something or like something up with their setup or anything like that because he was saying it felt like a totally different car from the day before.
0: Tampering, tampering. Maybe someone. Someone got into it after hours. Pat will talk a little bit about, you know, what goes on after hours and all that in a second. But poor old Alex Albon in Q2. You had Yuki Tsunoda out. Then you had Albon. Then you had Fernando Alonso, followed by Hulkenberg and Gasly. So no real surprises among those. I mean, those are just the midfield. You know, it's like taking you know the the yahtzee you you put all the die in the you put all the dice in the cup shake it up and the name that's going to come out is going to come out right like it you don't know where the mid-pack drivers are going to end up being any given week so yeah shout out
1: to alpine for being consistently irrelevant these last like three three to four races
0: better to be irrelevant than to not finish a race fair we'll talk about that as well but i mean there's one team who Cannot get it right this month. So maybe it's just spooky seasons getting to them, but I guess we'll figure that out. Uh, Moving into Q3, though, great qualifying session. Nice and quick. You know, there was no accidents. So, you know, the hour long it takes for a qualifying session, I mean, boom, it was an hour, nothing crazy. Um, The crazy part, though, was Max Verstappen did not get pole. In fact, he didn't even get in, in second place. So, You had Ferrari lock out the front row for the Mexican Grand Prix. It was Charles Leclerc on pole, followed by Carlos Sainz in second. And then in third, you have Verstappen. The wildest part about this whole qualifying session, though, was who qualified P4 for the Grand Prix. Pat, who is the guy who made this miraculous feat? So, a surprising almost juggernaut throughout
2: the qualifying session. And ending up in p4 was daniel ricardo uh <clears throat> you know he came back in austin he had some issues with mechanical damage didn't really have that great of a race um but he, he got toes from yuki you know yuki knew he was screwed so he's like let me help danny get into q3 and then uh i don't know if danny flicked a switch they forgot to turn on all season or what but uh he just nailed it right into into p4 um and pretty much throughout the whole qualifying session you know he had looked really strong so i mean i i did, didn't even pay attention to pole i was like where is daniel ricardo going to end up um and honestly i mean you couldn't really ask Alpha Tari for a better result from that
0: no if you get above starting in 10th place in a at then my god it's a great weekend
1: i was about to say you, when's the last time has has a, has the so, uh, red bull finished in the top 5 in any any section
0: this year so far i don't know about the actual Alphatari team, but Daniel Ricciardo, the last time he qualified P5 or higher was when he won in Italy for McLaren. So that that was a really good sign for what was to come. Obviously, like, Alphatari is not going to win the race. It's barring something crazy at the start of the race, which almost happened. I mean, there's no shot that and AT is going gonna, is gonna to beat those cars. It's just night and day difference. It really is. But for Yuki Sonoda, the real MVP of the qualifying session, he was out. I mean, he was gone. He was out in Q2, and that was it. But he was able to help his teammate that much more. That was amazing work. So normally you hear Yuki bitching. and We did this weekend, just not at this point. It was a great change of pace for him. It showed he matured a little bit and he was ready to help his teammate, whoever that might be. So as we transfer from the qualifying session to the race part of this race weekend, let's make a pit stop here in Pat's Paddock. Pat, you can talk a little bit about what we touched on earlier about those after hour shenanigans that might go on in the garage. Pat. So welcome back
2: to Pat's Paddock, everybody. Um, so we're gonna talk a little bit more about what's called park Ferme. Um so earlier this season, you know, we've talked about like engine allotments and part allotments and how people will take grid penalties, et cetera, et cetera, because they've used too many engines or transmissions and things like that. Um so park Ferme actually, you know, it had a it had a very big impact last weekend. Um at the end of the race, all the drivers have to drive and quite literally park in park Ferme um and then for a couple hours after the faa will essentially randomly inspect the cars for any kind of infringements from their long-ass rule book um last week we saw it with uh lewis hamilton and charles leclerc getting the wooden skid blocks checked under their cars for essentially riding their car too low um and they both got disqualified for being under the limit um, of or excuse me over the limit of where. um We've seen this in previous years where, for instance, Mercedes had a, a bendy rear wing. Max Max Verstappen got a $50,000 fine because he touched the Mercedes car when it was in park fair conditions where literally nobody is allowed to touch the car except for the FIA.
0: Meanwhile, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but meanwhile, you had Inspector Seb for fucking 45 years like literally has a spyglass on every single car and he was fine because he didn't touch
2: it he didn't touch it he didn't touch it and that's that's the big thing is teams after um after the sessions can only work for a specified amount of time one for their own sanity and two because basically to prevent cheating um like we've said if you ain't cheating you ain't trying in f1 um and it it used to be very rampant thing and so now um, the way it works is after a car goes out for Q1, they're essentially in park family conditions. Um, they can't basically modify any parts for performance. You know, if the car crashes, they can modify parts by swapping them out so that the car works. Um, they have to get written approval from the FIA for any of like the core components, like your engine, transmission, things like that. Um, and then other than that, pretty much the only thing you're allowed to do is basically re-up the fluids and do some basic, you know, car maintenance like you could do in your car at home. Um, but outside of that, any touching or modifying of the car outside of park frame a conditions is strictly prohibited. Um, and you can get severe fines, points deductions, things like that um, if you're trying to work on the car, essentially whatever you're not supposed to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting theory, right? Because we've seen breaches pretty recently, actually. Like, I know I I don't remember which race it was, but Logan Sargent, he had. I mean, I think this was like the third week in a row that he basically fucked his car during qualifying, and it is Park Ferme, and they had to fix it right. Like, you can't just not have a car for Sunday, so they breached that, and then he ended up having to start from pit lane, which can be a Pro or a con, depending on the track, that kind of thing, and um it it really sucks because you're either going to get a penalty from breaching Park Ferme, or you're not going to get the car to where you want it, right? Because there's not enough time in the day. So it's an interesting rule that I I actually love. Most FIA rules, I don't care for. Like track limits, not a fan of that. Change the track if you don't want people doing that shit, right? Park Ferme this is a car you brought to the track. There's plenty of data or simulations that you can use to set up a car. So once it's, once the weekend starts, basically you're locked in. So to, to bring a shitty, to bring a less valuable setup to the track, there's no excuse with the modern technology that these teams have. So that's a nice point, Pat, that you touched on today. So I appreciate you talking about park Ferme. Um, as we move into the race section of the Mexican Grand Prix Chandler, fun fact is that this race is actually this race actually has the longest straightaway on the calendar. So Logan Sargent, apparently, because he's commented this in the past during the u s Grand Prix, he knows what a kilometer is now, you know the meme, like, what the fuck is a kilometer? That's well right. he knows what it is now there are a shit ton of kilometers on this straightaway.
1: Oh yeah. I I'd be willing to say that, you know, you almost, I'm not sure exactly where it comes in, but there are probably some tracks and circuits that we race on where an entire sector of the tracks, probably the same length as just a straightaway on this, this track. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a unreasonable assumption. Now, obviously because the start finish lines like halfway there, you kind of cut into sector three and one but if i bet if you measured the length of the entire straightaway, it's long which in terms of for racing quality can be a very good thing a very chaotic thing or a very bad thing depend on how you want to look at it or depend, depending on how it goes down and we saw our well, race on sunday go down interesting so
0: I, I really think it depends on whether your car succeeds in a straight line or not right like if your car is fast as fuck boy on a uh straightaway but it can't handle the turns worth a damn then you're gonna love the mexican grand prix because this track is for you well i know mclaren obviously that's our team like i said we follow it closer i know mclaren brought their high downforce package which means they're slower on the straightaway not Mm -hmm. sure. The mindset behind that but that's why i paid to wear this shirt and they get paid to wear their shirt so right. um i think the interesting part like you said was like you never know what it could lead to because some cars are good on the straightaways some are bad at the start of the race obviously you have the standing start uh which we see more than once this race um on lap one You had the Ferraris in the one and two spots. Then you had Max in three. Then Checo is a little behind that. Well, we're getting into turn one. Great reactions by the majority of people. Um, It's clean, you know, long straightaway. Everyone's zigzagging, weaving. It looked like a hornet's nest. Like shit was stirred up, Pat. And then turn one. Something changes. What happened? Sigh. (laughs) Our man. You can just sigh. You don't have to say sigh, but okay. I have to for (laughs)
2: emphasis, man. Uh, So depressing watching this guy fucking race at this point. Sergio Perez gets a great start and it's Max on the inside, Charles in the middle and check on the outside going in turn one. I mean, it's, I mean, we've seen this before with Max and the Mercedes cars. Everybody's like, okay, what's you know, what's going on? Who's gonna turn? Mm -hmm. Um, and Checo just tries to hit the apex or something going three wide. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I guess he's just like, it's my home race, you know, I have a chance to go ahead in the lead. I might as well take it, even though it's a fucking 70 lap race. And he hits Charles Leclerc, their wheels touch Checo's car goes flying in the air luckily it was fine. Uh, Charles got pretty minimal damage, but after that Checo's race was over. I mean, it was I mean, it was like less than 10 seconds into the race and
0: it was already over for Checo. So I, uh, So I had I have two main points for this, right? The first being I saw a meme where it was a picture of Sergio's car probably what 6 feet up in the air like the ass end up after it hit the tire. Um, it was Red Bull gives you wings. (laughs) Well, luckily Checo won't have to deal with that much longer flying and all that. But the second point that I had was in the, during the race, Checo was interviewed in like the pen or whatever, the media pen during the race. And, um, he had said, well, this is my home Grand Prix, um, if you think that i am not going to take a, a opportunity to get the lead or to pass then you're crazy basically like obviously i'm paraphrasing but it was along the lines of if i see a gap i'm taking it checo had a hell of a run on everybody right like he came from behind like fourth fifth position and he got a hell of a strip strips <laughs> he had a hell of a, a slipstream and He's like doing the whole, you know, Talladega night, slingshot, engage. He gets through here, through there, and then he gets on the outside. And then he definitely should have braked. He think, I thought he, basically from what I saw, it looked like he thought he had a bigger run than he did. Mm -hmm. But in the interview, he said that I thought Charles would break sooner than that, not break when I braked. So he thought he could outbreak Chuck. And Chuck's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Well, then there was no space. Checo, like I said, ass end popped up, spun out, and then had to nurse it back to the pit lane where he sat in the car in the garage. You know, he's all emotional. It's his home race. Maybe his last home race. We don't know yet. Um, Chandler, he's, he's banging on this, you know, the, the halo, the steering wheel or whatever, and, then we're like, oh, is he going to go back out again like he did earlier in the season? Then he hops out. Me. Buddy retires. That's it. You guys were all like, oh, I feel so bad for him. You know, he's, you know, it this sucks for him. It's his home race. I'm for saying. nuts. Don't put me in this bandwagon. Why are you shaking your hand? Shaking me? Your hand. No. Uh, Pat, why, uh, Pat, why are you shaking your head? You definitely were like, oh, I feel bad. You no, and your brother no. were like, oh, no, no. no, no, no. No, that is not what
2: I said. My stance on the matter is
1: if this was a one off incident, then yes, I would feel bad. But this has happened too many times for me. I
2: said, and I quote, fuck, you gotta be kidding me. Okay. All caps. Because I've picked that man so many times, so many times. I even said it last week on the podcast. I really hope he just finds a way to not fuck me for once. And he did it again. Like, whenever I die, I'm going to let Sergio Perez press the button to lower me into my grave one last fucking time.
0: Oh my God. Well, you better hope it's not him because then he's going to pop you up just like his car did in the Dude. race. Oh, my God. So, the, I, the, 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 yeah. so I stand corrected. This is like one of those NFL commercials, you know, where they throw the flag in the car mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, let, me and they, that, let
2: me get that progressive instant replay.
0: So I'm looking at it and that's correct. He did say that. Chris, if you're listening, Chris, Pat's brother said... Dan, that sucked to see how frustrated he was. So, hashtag soft. I don't know. But the thing is, Checo retired, and that was the end of that. Or so we thought. So, on lap five, like like Pat had said, um, Chuck did have minimal damage or whatever. Um, the virtual safety car came out. That's crazy because Checo made it all the way back to the garage and retired. Why does the VSC come out, you ask? Well, Charles Leclerc, he, with that contact with Checo, he had his end plate on his front wing damaged. Instead of the FIA saying, hey, your car's fucked. You got to come in and fix this shit or you're done. They let him keep racing full pace. Well, eventually the end plate came off right into the racing line on the track. And obviously at this point they were a little spread out. So the marshals couldn't just run out there. Right. That that's fucking crazy. So what happened was they had the V they activated the VSC, which means there's a lower Delta time where cars can't go as fast as normal. Um, That fucking sucks. Literally the FIA ruined that part of the race because they did not, you know, flag Charles Leclerc to come in Chandler. Are you in agreement or do you think that, like, hey, get what you can out of it? It's the FIA's fault, not Charles. Like, what do you think?
1: Oh, it's 100% the FIA's fault because if you're not affected, if your times are not affected by it, keep rolling until someone tells you to, like, to do it. Because we all know this was from last season, maybe this season. I think it was this season. Um, Maybe a little bit of both. But God forbid that was Kevin Magnuson's in-plate hanging off. And the black and orange flag was bringing him into the pits immediately. So mm-hmm. the FIA has shown in the past that, hey, we will bring you in. So if you're Charles Leclerc, if they're saying that I don't need to come in and my times aren't affected, I'm rolling. And I don't blame him. I blame the FIA, the inconsistency, yet again, strikes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I 100% agree with, with your take. You talked a little bit about K-Mag having troubles in the past or whatever. Um, on lap 33 of this race, though, he got screwed. I don't know if it was the F1 gods, Haas, or just the part itself. It looked like, uh, based off what like Jensen Button and Crofty and all those guys, even Karun, I, I believe, was on the broadcast, they, they said immediately that K-Mag he broke his suspension. So he's in the middle of the turn, and it's a right-hand turn. His car, boom, shot immediately to the left, broke, you know, right into the wall. This sucks. I'm going to redo all this. So you talk a little bit about K-Mag and all that, having trouble in the past, but now during this race, he also had trouble. I don't know if it was due to him if it was Haas or whatever, the part itself, um, he ended up having a suspend, rear suspension brake. And he was in the middle of a right-hand turn, and it shot him left, right across the track, into the barriers. And his car was, I mean, it was fucked. It even caught on fire a little bit after he was out of it. But it, it was a big hit. Not as big as we've seen in the past, but, it, I mean, a hit's a hit regardless. And it ended up doing some damage.
2: Yeah, it was yeah. it was pretty mangled. Um uh-huh. like it it was actually kind of terrifying to see the re, the full speed replay um cuz it's kind of just like someone used the force or something and just crumpled his car instantly when he tried to turn right. Um and it flew into the wall and then, you know, the the car's on fire from the initial broadcast couldn't really tell where that was actually coming from. Um and so I was kind of like, "Yo, where's like the marshals at?" like See, so if like fluids leaking, like it's this car yeah. about to like explode. And luckily, it was just from the brakes, you know, not being able to cool themselves fast enough. But yeah, it was, it was pretty violent. And K looked pretty shaken up. I don't think he had any serious injuries, thankfully. Um, but I mean, that's just another chapter in the book of Haas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel bad for the guy because he, at this point, I don't know what he was running, but he was doing well. He was doing decent. And I mean, it, the drivers who finished on the podium, they were talking about it in the cool down room. Like, Hey, that like, Oh, like his his suspension was at a break. Was that a break? And there's like, yeah, he, something broke right there. So this accident Chandler, it actually shook up a little bit, you know, the running order for the rest of the race. Um, originally when this happened, everyone knew it was a safety car. I mean, his car's totaled and it's on fire, right? Like you knew it's a safety car, there's a very good chance it's going to be a red flag because the bears were fucked up too. the car was fucked up. It was on fire, whatever. So what happens? McLaren's like, Oh, this is a great time to pit. So that was a mistake. Can you explain a little bit why it was a mistake for McLaren to pit right there? When we see in the past, pitting under safety car saves a lot of time.
1: Yeah. So it's one of those things where as the engineers and the race strategists, they kind of look at these situations. So in this situation, we talk about the damage, uh, not only just the damage of hey, we A, we see fire, B, we know that a part broke, did something anything go over the track. On top of that, too, is the reaction time of the marshals on the track. Like Pat said, where are the marshals? So you have that extended time kind of extends a safety car. You don't want to because the FIA. And I I agree with this sentiment a little bit. Of this is you want it like, it's a motor race.
0: You we want laps crazy. under green. Yeah, no, you want laps no. under green. Yeah.
1: So as a result, if you know, hey, this is going to be more than five or six laps. You know, if this is a tenth of your race, in on just following a safety car, odds are they're going to park it and red flag it, bring everybody in. So McLaren was quick on the jump. So I don't know if they tried to zig when everybody else zagged or what, like what they were thinking, but they went ahead and said, Lando, bring it in now. All the other teams and cars were say, you know, we know that we've got a couple more laps. So that being said, let's just ride the safety car one more lap and see. Lando Pitts comes in, gets his pit stop, goes back out. Oh, there's a red flag. So instead Under- of. You know, if everybody like if everybody pits, even if the next time around everybody pits, Lando probably doesn't lose many. It's a, it's cheap, free pit stop. But because he's the only one that pitted, uh, then boom, red flag hits. Then everybody else comes into the pits. New rules under the red flag either last year or this year is, you know, you could change the tires and you can go ahead and do all that stuff under a red flag. So not only sure Lando had a cheap pit stop, everybody else got a free pit stop. yeah, and basically caused uh, luckily it was only five spots because it was where everybody else was when um when he rejoined the pack uh or whenever they flew the red flag where he was but uh yes it it didn't work out i mean lando at this point had really fought himself up again you know call from, from our discussion early started in 19th we're at lap 33 so we're about halfway through the race he's fought his way up into I believe it was about sixth or fifth like maybe seventh or eighth but still to go Double-digit place increase in yeah. half a is fantastic.
0: So after all of this debacle of whether Lando, you know, gain, lost, you know, whether it was right call or whatever, um, we had the standing restart. So for those who don't know, standing restart is just like the initial start of a Grand Prix, right? Where everybody is in their grid, grid position and the lights come on. We're not going to make Chandler do this sound again because God knows he can't do it but when the lights go out everybody goes at the same time reaction times matter wheel spin matters whoever gets to the turn one the best that's who's going to make the most spots up well to keep shooting on lando unfortunately he had a horrible restart so this is lap 35 he's starting in 15th place right and i mean it it's not good he <laughs> this guy he literally he got passed by what four or five cars. I, right back where he started. <laughs> Wait, no, no. He yeah, I mean, he, he was literally like he was at the ass end of the field. So it's you feel bad for the guy. Like after Lando loses all those spots, you know, the race is going on, people are on different tire strategies. You see, you know, people who restart on mediums, you see people who restart on hard. Some are on new, some are on scrub. Max Verstappen is leading at this point. I mean, he had a great restart and pat he just i mean he ran away with it back to you know regular max verstappen ways he's you know 10 15 seconds ahead of everybody so there's no worry in the world for him to get his 16th win of the season which is a actual another record so um the crazy part is as mclaren fans i went from being really disappointed due to lando's qualifying efforts Then I got to really happy for both McLarens running, what, six and seven. Then I got really sad again when McLaren dropped, you know, when Lando dropped all the way down again during the restart. Well, at least I don't cheer for Aston Martin because last week in the U.S. Grand Prix, they had a double DNF. Horrible. You know, you want at least one car to get some kind of points. Didn't happen last week. This week, you had, on lap 48, Fernando Alonso retired due to mechanical issues. That sucks. Later on in the race, you had another double DNF for Aston Martin. Lance Stroll retired later on in the race, and you could tell Mike Crack was not fucking with it. Which, that's not a joke or a pun on words. That's literally the team principal's name for Aston Martin, is Mike Crack. So. Bad omen? I don't know. My booty hole maybe is a better team principal. I'm not sure, but um, lap 49, Chandler, we had a similar incident to the initial one of the race, right? Lap one, we talked about Leclerc and Perez's incident. Well, lap 49, we had Oscar Piastri and Yuki Tsunoda. On lap 68, we had Lance Stroll and Valerie Bottas. So do you think these incidents are like one drivers to blame in both these incidences or do you think it's just racing?
1: I think it's, there's, I think they both fell in that gray area, but I think they're both closer to a racing incident than anything. I mean, at the end of the day, there's going to be both parties involved are going to say it was his fault or yeah. it, it basically rare. Is it whenever we see a team say, Hey, it was my fault usually the person who's at fault just says nothing and the other person said it was his fault. So, but at the end of the day, I, I consider it a little closer to uh, a racing against them because again, we've, we've hashed on this, this first long straightaway is probably the fastest that you go in on a turn Um, at the very least off the restarts. But, you know, obviously this was, uh, you know, during the racing, you're at like full on top speed, probably one of the few times on circuit where we see it going into such a a hard right-hander. So yeah, yeah I chalk it up as a racing incident.
0: So I think the that's a good call for the stroll Bodice incident. But what I don't think is, I don't think that's the right call for the Piastri-Tsunoda. So after like re-watching the Yuki and Oscar incident a couple times, and then to hear the commentators describe what was going on, previous drivers, basically Yuki had a great run on Oscar and he was going for the pass and Yuki thought that he had cleared Oscar. So I don't know if he thought that Yuki or I don't know if Yuki thought that Oscar had like moved further over than he did or if he braked later, whatever it might've been. Yuki basically chopped the nose off of Oscar. So Oscar tagged Yuki and then Yuki spun out because of that, you know, the force or whatever. But I think that was it. You're right. It was a racing incident, but it was because of Yuki not using his mirrors properly or whatever. So I think, but then again, Oscar didn't have damage or anything from it. So the person who was punished by it was the person who made the mistake. So a little bit of, you know, ball don't lie or track don't lie, whatever you want to call it. I think that worked out in the end for, uh, oscar and yuki i know yuki was pissed but it is what it is so there wasn't really much that happened uh the rest of this race after the lance stroll Valerie Bottas uh contact so it was a nice little podium a familiar one um obviously like i said earlier the person who won it won his 16th race of the race of the uh formula one season which is insane break yeah breaking records left and right Max Verstappen got the uh the dub at the Mexican Grand Prix this year so you had Max who won and then in second place you had Lewis Hamilton followed by Charles Leclerc so great racing Ferrari kind of fucked it up but not totally because you had at least one race car driver on the podium I don't know because I mean how many times does Charles Leclerc need to start from pole and not win a Grand Prix? I mean, that's Dude, it's the
1: tale as old as time. At this point. Yeah. You like, should almost like Vegas probably juices the books a little bit more when they see that Charles Leclerc wins
0: pole. Oh, well, 100%. Yeah. Um, something to note was the driver of the day. We've touched on this a lot today, but Lana Norris, he won driver of the day, which I'm biased, Pat. But when you drive from fifteenth place starting out to fifth, you deserve driver of the day. There's I don't care how many people 100%, 100%. retire. Yeah, I, I don't care how many people retire, Pat. I think that's your that's your title and you deserve to have it. Yeah, I mean
2: there's there was no doubt. I mean he started in like nineteenth or something. Uh I think one or two people started in the pit lane. So chalk it up seventeenth, but still, I mean really really if if they hadn't made that pit stop under the red flag you know he probably could have gotten on the podium that's how fast he was
0: yeah yeah it, one good pit stop made the difference or in this case one bad pit stop made the difference but a fifth place after all that and then you had oscar who still was in points as well then you compound that with the aston martin another double dnf I mean, things are looking really good for the, you know, the silver arrows, but uh, moving from the driver of the day, this was a roller coaster of a weekend for me. So in the U.S. Grand Prix episode, last episode, we made our predictions for the Mexico Grand Prix. So you had Pat who picked Checo. Yikes. You had Chandler who picked Oscar Piastri. Okay. And then you had me, I picked Lando Norris. So I was worried, picking last, last episode. Pat left it out for me. I was able to pick Lando Norris up, and we were good to go. After the qualifying session during this Mexican Grand Prix, I was pissed. I saw Lando qualified in P19, and my hopes and dreams of ever predicting correctly again went right out the window. Well. For you fans of figuring out the formula, the king is back. I am back on top. I won. These guys suck. I told you I was just, you know, you know, taking my time, letting these guys get some points, and mm-hmm. here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm back, baby. I'm mm-hmm. on top. Okay, Ain't buddy. no stopping me now. I'm undefeated from here on out. Okay, pal. Pat, you don't have anything to say? I mean,
2: like I knew Checo was going to fuck me and I picked him anyways. And then he actually did it. And I, I mean, I'm just a dumbass, you know, um, you're just numb to
1: the point now, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, if I, if I ever pick him again, I mean, somebody please just shoot me for being stupid.
1: Uh-huh. So, so, so I will say
2: Nicholas Latifi over Checo. So,
1: oh, we're going to see a little Nick DeVries action happen then before you pick. Oh, oh,
2: okay. Before we get into the picks, actually, Chandler just brings up a great point. So we talked about the podium. And the other thing is we were talking about Daniel Ricciardo earlier. Daniel Ricciardo finished in the points. And so what that means is that Nick DeVries is going to finish 22nd in a 20-driver season. That is so ass. Not even Latifi could have done that. That is <laughs> that is m- like eons of ass at how bad Nick DeVries is. And I ju- I just wanted to point that out.
1: Yeah, but has Daniel Ricardo been a keynote speaker
0: at a Harvard class that he's also yeah, taking? He
2: probably will be. He probably will be. <laughs>
0: no, he's just slept with every woman at Harvard. It's yeah, different. it's cooler. Yeah, he's um, built different. Yeah, built different. Uh, so my thing is right. As we get into our predictions for the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, over in Brazil, it's a great race oh. weekend. Like we've talked about in the past, it, yes. it like it is just a great weekend. Then you compound the fact that it is a sprint weekend, which I hate sprint weekends normally. This track, I love it because Sao
1: Paulo, I think, had the sprint race like since they started this two mm-hmm. seasons and both seasons in yeah, the sprint has delivered
0: the sprint is better than the actual race yes it's 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 amazing but never forget
1: k mag on pole for the
0: sprint last year Let's yeah because of the rain never and i that, that. yeah so qualifying for the sao paulo grand prix is going to take place on friday at 2 p.m eastern time um then you have the sprint race saturday at 2 30 p.m eastern time For the race, you have that starting at noon on Sunday uh, on the 5th. So these are great prime time, like not too early, not too late. It's not ruining your whole Sunday or Saturday, whatever. But these are great times to watch a race. So I'm super stoked for this race. And you guys might hate me for my pick. I get to pick first. I pick Lando, like I said. Easy dub, right? I am going to go with a Mercedes here. I'm going with Lewis Hamilton, mainly because I either win or the driver I pick, which is normally like a McLaren, you know, their fucking dog dies and they end up finishing last or something, right? Like there's a Jones curse that I really thought was happening, like the curse of the great Bambino, but worse. I'm going with Lewis Hamilton to finish highest after Max Verstappen in the Sao Paulo Grand Prix um moving on chandler your pick for the mexican grand prix actually finished the race so you get to go next with your pick who you choose in for the sao paulo grand prix
1: you know I'm, i'm actually going the same line of direction as you uh i'm going with the defending champion himself mr george russell the uh the last The last time he had the only time he's won a race was here in Sao Paulo. So, uh, you know, we're going to stick with Mr. Russell. I think that he had what it takes uh, in that Mercedes. Mercedes has come on strong lately. So uh, I kind of like their chances.
0: Yeah, for sure. And before we get into Pat's pick, if we're wrong and both cars end up like wrecking each other, I'm okay with being wrong because that means Mercedes wrecked. So it's fine. It is what it is. I'm with me. Uh, Pat, you picked Checo Perez to win the Mexican Grand Prix. Absolute dog water of a pick. I mean, the guy hasn't. You know, Dude, he couldn't hit my ass, man.
2: He couldn't it hit was water. was of- nah, brain? I heard that voice call. You left me after qualifying. I don't want to hear it, bro. I don't want to hear it this week. I'm going to take Oscar. I think he's had a little bit of a slump since Japan. Uh, he really didn't do that well this week, but. You know, I'm thinking this is a track somewhat like Silverstone, where McLaren really started to thrive. Uh,
0: I'm going to go with Oscar. Awesome. Well, like I said, that is this upcoming weekend. Great times. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe at Figuring Out the Formula.